Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Holy Human with Leanne Rimes is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome, loves, to one of my favorite episodes and guests of this season. You know, this show's a little bit longer than usual because it is very difficult to place any limitations, time or otherwise, on the force of nature joining me today. Jeffrey Marsh has garnered a fantastic following, sharing their powerful manifesto of a radical self-love and acceptance. And I cannot wait for you to meet them on today's Holy Human. The fantastic eyeshadow thing that you have going on right now is beautiful. It's so good. It's, I decided to blend green, orange, and yellow. It's so good. Why wouldn't you? I love it. It's all for you. Oh, I have to show you my earrings before we get started. They're too Uh, jangly to wear on Zoom, but I thought you would appreciate the little unicorns. I so appreciate that. Uh, I am so excited that you are here. Thank you so, so much for coming on this podcast and sharing yourself and your soul and your wisdom. Um, I really am honored and I'm going to cry. I feel like I'm going to cry because I'm like, uh, I love you. 
I'm I'm such a fan. Let's cry together. Let's do it. We probably will by the time we're done. So can I? Uh, I just have to say I didn't know we would go this deep this quickly. But I have to say I feel incredibly lucky to be connecting with you. Thanks. Not not just because of who you are and your heart and how your music moves people and the essence of who you are, but also because this is a great opportunity to talk about our hearts. Mm-hmm. And people have been feeling so isolated because in our culture, in our world, you're not supposed to talk about stuff like that. Yes. And add to that, that the world is the way it is, and we're feeling even more isolated. It's just um, so wonderful to be able to connect with you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm lucky. I am too. I'm so, so fortunate. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I would love to hear from your own, your own mouth, your own perspective. If someone asks you who you are and what you do, how would you answer that question? I help people not hate themselves so darn much. That's what I do. Who I am is hopefully, fingers crossed, the walking (laughs) example of that, the walking embodiment of that. You truly are. You truly are. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I see when I, when I see you, you exude love and there are very few people in this world who are connected, like you're saying, to the heart in that way, that it it actually gets to be expressed and it's not hardened. And you have every reason in this world to have a wall around your heart. Mm. Mm. And the way that you let people in and allow for that kind of connection, it's intense. I mean, I think that's why you immediately saw me move to, you know, almost tears is because you don't come across that often. And that's so sad. You know, it's sad that we have, we've had to wall our hearts in that way. And for you to be so open and connect in the way that you do, it's so moving. You know what it makes me think of is inner child work. Oh yeah. And I, which a lot of people find mysterious and they resist and, and don't know what to think about it. And to me, I realized at a certain point that my inner child was actually uh, teaching me as much as I wanted to teach my inner child. If that mm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. The walls were built by sort of the adult Jeffrey and my inner child was holding on to the innocence, the play, the freedom, the sense of, of being alive. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was just so grateful for, you know, little Jeffrey on the farm. Yes. Growing up and having having to be brave and face all the things that came eventually. Yeah. I mean, you say that you you hope people hate themselves less, which is a tall order. It seems like I mean <laughs> yes. it seems like that's what we're all walking around doing. And that's basically self-flagellation, like constantly, uh, internally. And you've basically become this, you know, social media icon, uh, ambassador for self-love and positivity and inclusivity. And can you take me, you just said something about- Wow, you Googled me. Uh, no, but no, you, that's just you. <laughs> that's just you. And it's authentic. It's not just like, oh, I feel like everybody else is doing it. So I should be talking about 
countless things that are really, really authentic. And I just wonder, you mentioned little Jeffrey on the farm. Can you take me back to uh, your childhood and maybe talk about what your family dynamic was like and how that path has led you to to become such an ambassador for self-love? Yeah, I mean, you said it right at the top of the pod uh, that I had a lot of reasons to build walls around my heart. Mm -hmm. And let me say, for years, I tried it. There's just (laughs) something about, I'll speak for myself, there's something about me that I was wholly unsuccessful at hiding. Mm -hmm. I really tried brick by brick to pretend to be something I'm not (laughs) for a very, very long time. And I was just woefully bad at it. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, speaking of self-hate. Thank God. I, well, right. I mean, that's what I've realized now. But yeah. speaking of self-hate, I thought for years and years that there's something wrong with me, that I can't fit in, that I can't be a cog in this machine that we've all decided to uh, build around our lives, right? That I must, I must be untalented at it or there must be something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And one of the most powerful messages I ever, ever encountered was, there is nothing wrong with you. So you asked me about the farm. And mm-hmm. I'll answer in sort of a roundabout way. My dad apologized to me for <laughs> my childhood just a few years ago. Mm. And it was, shall we say, an emotional moment for me to hear oh, that. I bet. Yeah. For a couple of reasons. But he just started saying I had this realization. I was worried what other parents would think of me. And so I used, he's a man of few words. Um, so I'm <laughs> embellishing a little bit. But he said, I was worried what other parents would think of me. Mm-hmm. Which I took to mean that he thought that my queerness was his fault. My Mm. exuberant colorfulness, my exuberant Mm LGBTQ-ness meant that he was a bad parent. And so without putting too fine a point on it, he used every single method he could think of, including violent ones, Mm. to get me not to be me. Mm. And that's my predominant memory of every person I was looking. I was thinking back, trying to come up with someone Basically, every person was either embarrassed to be around me, tried to get me not to be myself, called me names, made fun of me, and tried to get me not to be me. And it's been a long journey to be what you see, that authentic representation of me without shame. Wow. Um, Which, by the way, you couldn't recognize unless it it was also you. Yes. Oh, you get that. By the way, um, I was going to say, you feel free to ask me any questions because I totally relate to that. I grew up, I mean, you know, in in the public eye and yes, there were so many pieces of myself, so much fragmentation, so many pieces that I had to, and still am reclaiming because there was only one version that was really acceptable and it was Leanne Rhymes. Right. No. And it, and I, yes. I totally understand that hiding. I think that's, for me, I've always been a huge supporter of LGBTQ. And I, I think there were well, a couple of mm-hmm. reasons. I grew up in Mississippi. My uncle was gay and died of AIDS when I was 11. And so I always wanted to give him a voice that he didn't have. And I've known in a completely different way what it feels like to hide and only be accepted for what the world wants you to be. And Mm. 
I've, I've known that hiding and that loneliness and that so deeply that I relate in so many ways. You, oh, you hit the nail on the head. So you're safe behind that wall, but you're also incredibly lonely. Mm-hmm. Completely. Deeply. And you said it was hiding in a different way, but I think it was pretty similar yeah, to <laughs> at least what I went through. Yeah. Right? I mean, you felt this incredible pressure to be something you're not. Yeah. And also, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but then there comes this feeling of inadequacy because you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's that's you a can't very hide good yourself, point. right? Yeah, you can't hide yourself. And well, and the more that you do, um, I mean, the more the depression and anxiety and everything else comes online, mm-hmm. right? And yep. and I'm still reclaiming a lot of those pieces. And that's why when I when I look at you, I there's a piece of me that still is is under the illusion that it's not free. I'll just put it that way. And I look at you and I see such freedom. Um, and it sets me free. Like that, it sets, it reminds that piece of me. And I think that's what so many people see in you. It reminds us that there is, like you said, this innocence and this freedom that is inherently there, that is ours to reclaim. It's ours to reclaim. Yeah. You know that a lot of people see that freedom and they get very scared of me. Yes, I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. Yes, I, and I love yeah. that because it's just showing you where you're still, where you're not free. Yeah. Um, I wish people could recognize that in themselves, yeah. but <laughs> it takes a while. Free, instead <laughs> of trying to stop people like us, which is yeah. the usual, uh, the usual reaction. But I want to ask you a question sure. because you said you're reclaiming some of those parts mm-hmm. of your childhood. Can you give me an example? Because I think that's inspiring. Yeah. Well, so interesting. Well, the little Lee, I call it little Lily. Um, mm-hmm. I'm definitely reclaiming her. I feel like she's been in the basement for a really long time and she's been wanting to come out and play. And my play has been such a huge piece of what I have been reclaiming. And also, we'll dig into this in a second, but I grew up with um, basically a tomboy because my my dad, I always knew my dad wanted a boy. I was That was very... That was Mm -hmm. expressed early on. And I, he kind of made me. That was such a polite way to say it. It was expressed. Uh And (laughs) they don't, people don't know how much that fucks you up. Like when, of course, you know, like, and they say it in the most loving way, especially in the South. Oh, your daddy wanted a boy, but he got a girl. He just loves you so much now, you know, and that (laughs) it's heartbreaking. He went through a long journey to just really. Get over some things and love right? you anyway. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. And I, I learned how to hunt when I was little. I played baseball. Like, mm. And I'm glad that I have the range of things that I know about myself. But my femininity, interestingly enough, this is the little girl, like the actual girly girl and the my own femininity as a woman has been something that I am continually reclaiming and learning about because I feel, I felt like, love that. Yeah. I grew up in such a, a masculine world. I mean, we all have. And so I feel like I had to like shut down that piece of myself. And so to be, you know, kind of coming into that and recognizing as a woman, I'm a woman and finally claiming my own femininity, 
you know, mm-hmm. which is which is kind of a mind fuck in a way. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> yeah. And there's so sometimes um whatever is authentic for you is what we're taught is wrong with us. Mm. And so you might have learned at some point that that femininity was was something wrong with you. Yeah, absolutely. And how powerful to reclaim something so natural, so free, so beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's definitely a point where I I think a lot of women have uh, learned that, you know, there's something wrong with our femininity and that we were weak in some way for having it when, I mean, the complete opposite is the truth. It's so powerful when we we learn how to own that piece of ourselves. Anyway, masculine, feminine, whoever we are, the truth of who we are. And I think that's what's been so beautiful for me is actually learning how to, learning that I am both, which will, which I'd love to talk to you about. Cause I find that you have made me. Yeah, you're talking my language already. Well, you have made me. First off, I learned what cis was. I've never known what cis is. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a new one. I've learned so much from you. And people I'm, are frantically googling now on their, right. on their phone. What the hell is that? Mm-hmm. Yes, and the with non-binary, I as I've been listening to you, I'm like, well, I am. Am I? I'm they, right? I mean, I feel like I am both. I, I have both energies. I know them both well, my masculine sometimes more than my feminine. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because I just find I'm so- <laughs> You just I, did. Okay, good. So <laughs> I am, no, I am noticing this, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm going to be very delicate, but you, I, I sense this hesitancy from you to let me speak. And to have a voice about this, but I hope you also know that you were just incredibly eloquent about your own experience. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I'm just finding what I've learned from you is, yes, this is what, yes, please, I would love for you to speak. No, I mean, it's not just what you've learned from me, it's what you've learned from your own life, Mm -hmm. which is always welcome always incredibly valuable. You know, to me, a lot of people write to me and ask about the labels. Mm -hmm. Cis is a good one. Trans, (laughs) non-binary, gender fluid, is gender queer different than uh, gray sexual? And, you know, the kids have all these labels that they love to use on their internets. (laughs) And to me, they're really empowering and nothing at all should be put ahead of someone's personal experience. Mm -hmm. So whatever words, and, you know, at the end of the day, we're using a language that is weighed down with a past that didn't always include people, people like me, but also a past that was misogynist, a present Mm -hmm. that's misogynist, that's built into our language, right? So, we're using a language that's woefully inadequate to talk about something as vibrant, beautiful, rainbow, gorgeous, flowing as human gender expression. Mm. So anyway, use whatever words you want. <laughs> and you were doing uh, great. You moved me. Oh, thank you. But anyway, you wanted me to talk about non-binary, being non-binary? Yes, yes I, I, would, <laughs> I would love for, to hear about your experience of... You said the other day that non-binary, I watched a video of yours that said it was a movement. Can you explain, what do you mean by that? Yeah, it's, I think what I mean and what I meant 
in that video was non-binary is a place to belong. To me, there are those of us walking the earth and we know it's a deep knowing within our soul Mm -hmm. that there's more to us than what we were taught. There's more to us than the gender on our birth certificate, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And there's just more that's that's vibrant and wonderful about us. And to me, the word non-binary is a great catch-all for someone who is, the way I would say it is, I'm not a man, I'm not a woman, I contain parts of both of those things, but I'm also, you know, 103 other things <laughs> that we could just throw into the wheelbarrow of gender expression. And I feel so free and such a beautiful weight was lifted off of me when I read a Tumblr post that said what non-binary was. It was like a key in a lock and something new was opened up for me. And we're going to dive more deeply into exactly what opened up for Jeffrey once they made that discovery right after this super quick break. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules Today, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease you deserve a moment to yourself every single day and a delicious bite of a keebler sandies can give you that comforting pause don't forget to pack the melt in your mouth magic of a keebler sandies for a post errands pick me up this magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by ernie and the keebler elves so as life continues to fly by make the most of your me moment Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life. You know that. His business is failing. His house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger. And we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money. And he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish all new Sundays at nine on AMC and stream on AMC plus. 
Welcome back, my loves. The wonderful Jeffrey Marsh is sharing their thoughts on discovering non-binary and their pronouns. How long ago is that? Gosh, I came out as non-binary like eight, nine, ten years ago. Okay. And started using they, them pronouns then. So a while, but still relatively new. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I felt so complicated in my gender from an extremely young age from when I was a little kid. Yeah. Because it sounds like you did. Yeah. I mean, it's really, I love that you say there's like a hundred and something different other things that we could be, because I really feel like this is, it's soul expression. Yeah. You know, it's not, yeah, it's so much more like when you get down to it, like it's so much more complicated than, than just these simple terms because we just are. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Maybe it's appropriate to say that the term non-binary comes from not being the two genders that are usually available to people, man and woman. So man and woman would be a binary and we just say we're non-binary. And to me, it's, it's a place of freedom and belonging. Yeah. And yeah, totally. I sense that. And it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful place because that's ultimately, I think what we're all looking for is, is that freedom and belonging. I wanted to tell you a little funny story because I, I was first famous on Vine Mm -hmm. years and years and years ago. And about a decade ago. And the, the young people started saying, what are your pronouns? Are you non-binary? And so I, as the semi-old person at like 30 <laughs> years old, had to go and look on the internet. And that's when I saw, oh, this is who I am. This is what's been going on this whole time. There are other people like me. Mm-hmm. And the really beautiful thing about our times is that people are now connecting digitally and they're not going physically into work and, you know, all these things that have kept us in our homes and people's conception of their gender is shifting and changing and freeing up Mm. because of what's happening in the world right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just such a beautiful um, change because people don't have this, feel the same pressure to perform their gender in the same ways that they did pre-pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. I haven't thought about that, but that you're completely correct. And that's been shifting for a while. I mean, in the workplace and especially for, you know, I mean, we're at least we're hoping that it's been shifting for a while, but it's not shifting mm-hmm. fast enough. But yeah, that's so interesting. Was there a moment for you when you just completely said, like, F this. I don't care about what people think. I don't care about people's judgments. Like, was there a defining moment for you where, like, you were, you just said, I, I am ready to fully s- express myself in this world as a totality of who I am? No. Uh, and I'll explain why. <laughs> okay. Um, because people ask me about confidence all the time. Mm-hmm. And they asked me specifically, how are you so confident and how can I be confident like you are? Right. Seeing that to be oneself when you're someone like me, who is usually or who gets a lot of hate coming at them, shall we say, mm-hmm. in the world, it, to be someone like me, that, that rings as confidence for people. 
And I usually tell people, if that's not how I view it, what you're looking at or what you see in me is 100% radical, complete self-kindness, self-acceptance. It is a skill that I learned to do, that I went away to a monastery to do, but that's what you're viewing. And so it's much more like accepting that I care what other people think of me sometimes. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What other people say does affect me and that I'm a sensitive person and that I choose to walk the world with an open heart and that gets me hurt sometimes. Accepting all of that helps me to basically walk into any situation and know that I will love myself at the end of that situation. That's really profound. <laughs> no, it is. Someone said to me the other day, because I was, I was ex- expressing that I've been, en- I had been experiencing a lot of joy. And, you know, joy is something that's, I think a lot of us are afraid of because we're also afraid to lose it. The therapist that I was talking to was saying joy is the state. I was also talking about longing because when I fall out of joy, quote unquote, fall out of joy, mm-hmm. I think I've lost something somehow. And so I feel like that there's sadness there. And he was saying that sadness is usually when we lose something. There's the the difference between sadness and longing and recognizing that longing. Oh, oh, I know. Yes. To me, it always feels like a losing myself. Mm. Yes, absolutely. That there's, when I'm feeling most lonely, sad, longing, yes. it's really that I've I've somehow lost the connection with self. You know, you can say it in a lot of poetic ways: my heart, my spirit, feeling like it's okay to be me. You know, stuff mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's what I think of. I totally agree because that's exactly what I came to. I was like, I feel like I'm longing for self. I'm longing mm-hmm. for that. I'm longing for that. Your little Lily, the little Jeffrey, like you're longing right. for that, that innocence, because that innocence is, is what is so joyous. I just pictured our inner children being friends and playing with each other. Totally. That would have been very cute. <laughs> I love that. We can do that now in real life. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we sure can. We sure can. I love it. Yeah. You talk about, you know, I mean, I, I see the hatred that comes your way and I've mm-hmm. experienced plenty of that myself also on mm-hmm. social mm-hmm. media. And it took me a while to really not soak that in. I've learned a lot from it. And I've learned also a lot of grace toward other humans from it and to see, view it as the hurt you know, that, that, that's going on inside of people. I, what have been some of your, or what is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned from witnessing the hate that comes your way? I've actually recently freed myself up a little bit from pondering what's going on for the hater Mm -hmm. in the sense that they clearly have something going on (laughs) and that's probably (laughs) their thing to deal with. (laughs) Yeah. And You know, as a naturally empathetic person, Mm -hmm. I really easily go there to, you know, they they weren't treated well in their childhood, and they obviously treat themselves the way that they, you know, are treating me and, you know, all of of the stuff to give them context. Mm -hmm. And I always like to remind myself to give myself all of that context uh, immediately Mm -hmm. when I start doing that Mm -hmm. and give myself kindness, love, and, and, 
thank myself for not being a hateful person and for living with all the love that I can and being committed to that. Yeah, that makes, yeah, that's so true. You're right. As an empathetic person, it's so easy to go in that direction and grant the grace outwardly. And and maybe it's not instead of, but also also making sure that you are the the one that you're granting that grace to first. Yeah. And I actually find if I do that first, it's mm-hmm. much easier to give it to other people. It's a much easier process if I am filled with grace already to just let that flow out of me. Yeah. When you're triggered, because ultimately we are, you know, we can, we will be, mm-hmm. um, we're human, right? So no matter how much grace and love, like there's always a trigger. Could you narrow it down? Triggered in what way? Triggered and triggered by, um, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Life. Um, no, triggered when, when you see these, you know, hateful comments that come in, if you are yeah. triggered by that. Um, yes. Cause I yep. know so many people on social media, no matter if you're you or me, it just people in general, um, yep. experience so much hate. What is, where's the first place that you go when you're triggered to help soothe or to kind of meet that trigger, uh, when it's, when it's happening? Well, um, that's that's like um that is a multifold answer. So I'm on my phone, a comment comes in. Let's say it's a comment from a young man and it's a vomit emoji, mm-hmm. which happens a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So I do a video pouring out my heart and telling people to love themselves and <laughs> how they're right. worthy of love and stuff like that. And then yeah, a vomit emoji. The first place that I go is I love you, Jeffrey. Thank you for doing what you do. The video was really beautiful. I'm glad you put it out there. Thank you for who you are. And I'm literally talking to myself, telling myself uh, love, giving myself love and kindness. Because to me, like top on the list, I have to make sure that that happens mm-hmm. pretty constantly throughout throughout all of my days, but especially when something like that happens. And then the sort of multi-layer to the response is, well, is there an action then that needs to happen after that? That's like blocking the person, deleting the comment. Right. And I just check in with, with myself and say, what do we want to have happen here? And then I execute. I like that. Yeah, the block button's the best thing in the world. It's just, it really is. It's just so fantastic. I'm so glad it was created. No, I'm a huge advocate of actually people blocking for no reason at all. Just block. If you feel, you know, if you feel feel like maybe you should, go for it. You know, you don't have to have a million excuses or a reason or, you know, it's your page. You get to decide the parameters. Just go for it. Yeah, that's so true. It's an important boundary and to not feel, to not feel guilty about it. I know that that's Mm -hmm. something in the very beginning, like I would feel so guilty about like blocking someone. And of course they would come back with like, you know, and some other, um, to to create another account and come back and start berating you in another way. And I would have this like existential guilt about it. And you're right. It's, it's a boundary that is super important. You said something about boundaries recently that hit home with me. Mm -hmm. I would love for you to share that because I think that's appropriate in, for life in general. I want to, wait, I have to turn the tables first because I would like to use the word star 
you were a star. You are a star. But when you were a kid, you were a star. Do you, are you comfortable with that word? Yeah. I mean, I yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And so I am sure that you're bound, well, not sure. What I project onto that situation, and mm-hmm. I want your confirmation, is your boundaries were toast. They were yes. absolutely gone. They were on a global scale. Everybody had access to you and needed to all yes. the time. And so the concept of setting a boundary and keeping to it and, you know, all the stuff we talk about in self-care is just, mm-hmm. uh, you had no concept of it at all, I would guess, right? No, no. You're cor- you're very yeah. correct about that. And it's still a new one for me at times. <laughs> right. So, so that's yes. what I wanted to ask you about is like, how have you begun to build into your your own rituals around caring for yourself this this concept of having boundaries, period. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, period. Um, I think yeah. for me, learning, cl- reclaiming, going back to inner child work again. And by the way, yeah. I've done so much work in the past, like almost 10 years, I guess it's been, but yeah, um, the, yeah good times. Um, the inner child piece has been something that I've so like touched upon and then pushed away, touched upon and then pushed away. And it's, yep. I'm like, and I'm actually in the thick of it right now. And it's been so good. I think I was in uh, a therapy session the other day and my, my therapist said, you would do anything for Lily. And it like hit home so deeply that I, I started, I go cry now. I started bawling because I'm like, you're right. Like that is ultimately who I'm doing it for. And so Ever since then, boundaries have been a lot easier. Simple as that. And so it's taken me 10 years to figure that shit out. <laughs> well, I mean, it's do you, you do realize that people live their whole lives and never figure that shit out. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know that there's a timeline you're supposed no. to figure it out on. <laughs> um, but thank goodness for her, right? Yeah. Thank goodness that she could be there to inspire that realization. Mm-hmm. and inspire you to put in the work, which is paying off. Yeah, absolutely. So to me, I think the video you're talking about is I've begun to look at boundaries as a choice I'm making now that makes my life more pleasant. Which I love because it's so simple. <laughs> yeah, so simple. And you don't have to like do a lot of inner thinking machinations, making up excuses, getting (laughs) your ducks in a row before you've set the boundary, et cetera, et cetera. And the other thing I really love about it, and the reason it came to me in sort of a, you know, flash of, of love and kindness was it puts the focus on me. The boundary is for me. Mm -hmm. We sometimes are like, I'm setting a boundary to teach that person a lesson to make sure this abusive person is out of my life and I have to be strong. And to me, I was just like, that is such a bad time. I don't like boundaries when they're like that. Right. But if it's just like, oh, my life will be more pleasant if I say, I'm not going to do this project right now. Thank you for the offer. <laughs> you know, right. it's just as simple as that. Sometimes boundaries to me, are very, it seems like... um like this inner bully that has to like set like a very strict rule. And when you said that I was, there was just so much air around it. It was like, Oh, this feels like I can breathe within that boundary. Like I'm making this choice for myself. And that was just really, really clear and helped me clarify Uh what boundaries are for myself. I love that. 
And I love the fact that, you know what you helped me to see? Just because you said that so eloquently, when you're a kid, if you were going to put up boundaries, not every household is like this, but I'm just sensing that (laughs) yours and mine perhaps were, our lives were a bit like this. If we were going to set up boundaries when we were a kid, it would have taken that kind of gargantuan bullying, pressing through uh, aggressive energy Mm -hmm. to make it happen. But we sometimes forget we're not living our childhood anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we're not six years old anymore. We have some agency here and we have some choice. And learning how to gracefully say no mm-hmm. or to set up a boundary, you know, you don't even have to tell the other person to just say, you know, I'm going to purposefully limit my time with so-and-so because that's it. Yes, yeah. that's, that's what I'm into. It's going to make my life more pleasant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that's also coming from both of us. I think there has to be some sense of self-love and appreciation of self in order to to come from boundaries or come or look at boundaries in that way. Because uh, I don't know, it's taken me a long time to be like, oh, I want to make my life pleasant in this moment. Like that's okay to do because usually it's been about making everyone else's life as easy as possible. And of course, yeah. I mean, people pleasing, that's the way (laughs) that's, that was the way for so long. Well, not to overanalyze, but you did it on a global scale. Yeah. Yes. I mean, talk about needing to please people. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was your, I'm guessing it was your entire existence. Yeah. And not just your caregivers, but really every single person you came in contact with, which must have been fun to sort through with your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good time. As we say. <laughs> it's been such a good time. You know, you... Um, Can I... No, I'm so sorry to interrupt yeah, you. That no, is please. so rude. Uh, but no. I, you just made me so enthusiastic. Thank you for talking about it. Um, thank you. It's so powerful and important for people... People, I don't know. I can't speak for all people. For me, when I listen to your to your episodes and when you talk, especially this format, mm-hmm. you're just so open and not filtered. But it's more than that. It's like you're not afraid to let it hang out right. <laughs> to talk about the things you're working on because it's okay to be working on stuff. Yeah, you know, you talk about freedom. Like you found your freedom and in a certain way. And I found my free, that's how I found my freedom is in this, Mm. in this way of allowing, allowing just all of the complexities of my own human experience to just be at the forefront. And that's, can be really scary. And it's also very liberating. It's all the things, it's all the things, right? I mean, I'm sure that you have experienced you and your experience with your own freedom has been very complex. And I think that's what's so beautiful for all of us is the complexities are the complexities of the story, right? I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's where we connect. I like to think of myself as a walking metaphor. (laughs) I'm pretty close to the surface and I think people can see right away what I was told was wrong with me when I was a kid. (laughs) 
and how I've chosen to embrace that mm-hmm. and love that and express that and put on rainbow eyeshadow to come I on love. Zoom and talk to you. <laughs> I love it. People at home can imagine. Um, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> people can see what I was told was wrong with me and how I've embraced that. And I hope, I always deeply hope that they take that with them, that they were told something's wrong with them. Mm. And it's actually your superpower, your um, doorknob on the door marked freedom is that thing you were told is wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Where do you, do you live in New York? I live in Los Angeles. Oh, you do? Okay. I was a New Yorker right. for a long, long time, but I'm in okay. LA now. Oh, very good. Yay, you're close by. I love it. Mm-hmm. First off, I mean, you you were raised Christian and I was, I mean, I completely uh, relate. I was raised Southern Baptist and completely ran the opposite direction at some point and found my own version of spirituality and can very much appreciate the Christian teachings in my own way now the stuff that jesus said for yes. example yes really good Je- stuff good stuff <laughs> he, really he was on to something stuff. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> yeah but um, i also you know have studied a bit of buddhism and like i said i've kind of found my own way with my own spirituality when did buddhism enter your world and how did that how did that come about well i was in a i was in a bookstore in Philadelphia, it was a spiritual bookstore. So they had all kinds of like crystals and dream catchers and, and stuff, posters uh, with the chakras on them, right? And I was just fascinated because I was a Christian kid and I had just gone away to college and I, I was this place, I, I was just magnetized by this and how different it was than what I was brought up in. And I walked in and from across the bookstore, I saw a book called There Is Nothing Wrong With You. That's what the cover said. Mm-hmm. And my mind started going, oh, psh, really? Psh, no, the, this is what's wrong with you and this and this and this and you're horrible in this way and this and this and this. So my mind was doing that and my heart and my feet were already moving toward the book, crossing mm-hmm. across the bookstore. And I picked it up. And it was written by a woman who ran a Zen Buddhist monastery. I would eventually go on retreats, go to workshops, go live at the monastery for a while. Oh, wow. And find a whole new rebirth. You know, it's interesting that that came out of my mouth because I don't usually talk about it like that. Mm. But I think so many folks, and I don't know if you can relate to this, but so many LGBTQ folks anyway, throw the baby of spirituality out with the bathwater of how yeah. they were treated in religion. And so religion and spirituality are kind of glommed together and they just decide, you know, they were told so often, Jesus doesn't love you and mm-hmm. and the, you're, you're horrible, you're not going to heaven and stuff like that, that they just throw out spirituality as well. And so it is sort of like a, a reclaiming, a rediscovering of, of that, or at least it was for me. Yeah, I can completely relate to that. And yeah. Especially having an uncle that was gay and and seeing the way he was treated by everyone who claimed to be so Christian, it Mm. really, it was such a bitter taste in my mouth. I remember having really intense arguments with my mom very early on 
like, this doesn't make sense. And why would your God like not include everyone? And, you know, <laughs> like just, how old were you saying these things? Oh, six. Sure. You seven, were six, an seven. enlightened being. <laughs> Early on, I was just so confused. I'm like, why are people, why is everyone not included? And why are we all not children of God? And you're right that throwing the baby out with bathwater is completely my experience and has been for a long time and having to really find my own way back there. It's been a beautiful journey to reclaim that for myself because, you know, as spiritual mm-hmm. beings, like when we're disconnected, once again, little Lily innocence, like this, our own spirituality, when we're disconnected from that piece of us, like the loneliness you know, the, the longing is so intense. And it's sad that religion, uh, organized religion and in its lowest forms, I guess, has the ability <laughs> to do that. Yes. All right. <laughs> On that heavy and holy, holy human note, oh, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Jeffrey Marsh. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite with just two caps a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease you deserve a moment to yourself every single day and a delicious bite of a keebler sandies can give you that comforting pause don't forget to pack the melt in your mouth magic of a keebler sandies for a post errands pick me up this magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by ernie and the keebler elves so as life continues to fly by make the most of your me moment Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life, you know that. His business is failing, his house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger, and we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+.
Welcome back, loves. Jeffrey and I were just talking about the very complicated ways religion can be used to divide us from one another and ourselves. It's so, like a lot of different things, it can be used for separation and for judgment and for cruelty. And to me, you made me think of like when I was a kid. So I was raised Lutheran. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, not just like people like me or people throughout the world were excluded. It's like, we're Lutherans and we're right and Methodists are wrong. Completely. Do you know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) how, what? (laughs) There's so, there's like a hair's distance uh, between us and you're really deciding who God likes more than someone else. Yeah. And I love the connection you made that this sort of, when I'm feeling lonely, I have a distance from myself, but I think some people would call that when I'm feeling lonely, I have a distance from God. Which is self. And and I feel like that doesn't, you know, there was a time when I was very rebellious in my teen (laughs) years when that, a phrase like that would have been very upsetting and triggering because it's like, F your God, you tell me that I'm going to hell, blah, blah, blah. Right. But now it's like, that is beautiful and poetic to me Mm -hmm. and makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. I mean, well, because now, I mean, the way I view things is that God exists within us. Mm. So when I say I have a disconnection from self, it's meaning God and for me. I have a disconnection from spirit and energy and God and whatever a million different words we want to call it. But that's ultimately my longing is to be connected with the true, purest, innocent piece of myself. Yeah, and how interesting that so many people get separated from themselves and use God as an excuse to do that. Mm. Yeah. When they're trying to, you know, prove who God likes and doesn't like and, you know, all of that stuff must, I don't know how it feels, but it seems like a lonely kind of existence to me. Yeah. And so Buddhism for you has, I mean, I, I feel like for me too, I, the, the principles of Buddhism have, I think for that, for me, that was kind of like how I started to, to form my own spiritual path. Mm-hmm. They made so much more grounded sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the dogs are in here and now they're like, Howling. Um, But yeah, the. No, don't apologize. The dogs had to put in their two cents about that. Yes. They're like, we like Buddhism also. Uh, um, I mean, you make a joke, but dogs are actually really perfect examples of being in the moment. Yes, very true. Clearly. Mm -hmm. I just love watching critters of all kinds, but dogs especially are really just enthusiastically now. Mm hmm. Yes. And being in the moment has been such a training. It's a daily training of little moments of coming back to self and how I'm feeling. And my, I mean, honestly, you're right. My dog teaches me that all the time. And that's one way I actually connect with the moment is by connecting with her fully, like fully, fully. So yes, yes, they are, they're such beautiful teachers. Do you have animals? Uh, we, we do not. Pandemic aside, my partner and I like to go on yeah. trips. And so we really didn't ah. want, you know, we don't know if we, we have some plants 
And that's that's gotcha. as far as our family is going right now. So <laughs> very good. <laughs> I love it. You Which you asked that? me where I am, and I'm in yes. LA, and so it's actually really lovely to have plants in LA because they're yeah, they're, that's very true. They like it here, so yes, they good. can live. Eddie and I got a plant at the beginning of the whole pandemic, and it's a fiddle mm. fern. We actually have kept it alive. Most people kill it, so I'm very proud of our plant they're life very delicate. that has flourished. Yes, Thank you. <laughs> and they're, I don't know if you ever eat, have ever eaten them, but they're delicious no, as well. So. Really? You yeah, can I'm eat sure them? You, I'm sure you feel attached to the plant in your house, so don't <laughs> chop that one apart. But yes. yeah, you can get them at some supermarkets and stuff too. Yeah. If you oh, I did not know that. I have to go Google that. Interesting. Very cool. You got married, right? Yes, I did. Y- which During I pandemic. Love. We got During married on pandemic. Zoom. That's so cool. And you know what's lovely about it is both of us grew up thinking we never would Mm, mm -hmm. um, because we're queer people and we just sort of felt like outside that institution uh, the whole time growing up. And eventually it became legal, obviously, for us to be married. And this was back when I was living in New York. In New York, there is no place on the marriage license for gender at all. So nobody who gets married there is asked what their gender identity is, and it's not part of the form or, or signing up or anything like that. Is that a new is that a new thing? Yeah. Okay. That's just a couple of years old, that one. But also, um, the governor at the time decided to just make it, uh, Governor Cuomo, decided to mm-hmm. just say, hey, you can get married on Zoom. Just get your stuff together and get an efficient and go into the same Zoom room and you're done. You did it. (laughs) And we knew that we didn't want to wait any longer. Mm -hmm. And we knew, so we were in the same room, same physical address, our apartment. Right. And we knew that we that we wanted to have connection in the midst of such great loneliness around the world. So yeah, we got married. Congratulations. That's so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like that gives so many people hope, you know, for people like you just said, you never thought, both of you never thought that that would be something that was a part of your journey. And I, I think that sharing, doing that, and also sharing that piece of you has really given a lot of people hope. Can I tell you a teeny tiny story about that? Please. We were together for 10 years, my partner and I. Uh, We've been together now for over 10 years. And when we first met, I hated his guts. (laughs) And that's because he was kind to me. So I, I, I realized all this later. So I had dated dated a series of jerks. And hello, like, we can talk about my childhood and my dad and all that stuff, right? Right. But I just learned that to be in relationship with people is for them to not treat you very well. Mm -hmm. And so I had gone on a retreat with the monastery, and I came back from the retreat, and I made a list of 10 things that would be healthy for me to have in a partner. And I said to the universe, okay, if this person comes into my life, they get three dates. <laughs> right. No matter what. And my partner, his name's Jeff, or Jeff and Jeffrey. I love that. <laughs> um, Jeff came into my life through OkCupid, and it was date one, I hate his guts. Date two, I hate his guts. But I realized that he had all 10 things. Mm. And they, 
I mean, they were things that I just in a centered place wrote down, like appreciates my art that I do, is financially stable. He loves to do like exercisey things and we could do that together, right? So it's just a list of 10 things like that. And he was the only person I dated who had all 10 things. And so I gave him a third date, even though I didn't want to. And um, (laughs) here we are, you know, a decade or so later. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That puts a new spin on 10 things I hate about you. (laughs) Well, yeah, right. Um, Yes. Uh, Yeah. I love it. It's so beautiful. You talk about so many different things in your beautiful little videos that I would love to just throw out a few words and see like what first comes to mind. Um, Sure. Perfection. It has two meanings. So it is true at the same time that you do not need to be perfect and you are perfect already. Mm. Both, both of those are true and depends on your definition of perfection. Right. Which is ever evolving, right? I mean, we uh, absolutely throughout your lifetime. Yes. Yeah. And I hope seeing your inherent perfection is where you're where you're evolving to. Right. Ultimately, that's where we yeah. land. <laughs> yeah. Purpose. Oh, people love to hate themselves so much about needing to have a purpose in life. I mean, I think it's really drilled into us Mm -hmm. and not realizing that your quote unquote purpose in life could be, oh, having fun, enjoying your dog, having a snack. Right. (laughs) Thank you for that beautiful reminder, by the way. To enjoy your dog? No, just just that that can be... This is, see, this is the Lily, this is the play piece for me that's like coming back online. Like that can just be simple things like that can be your purpose for the day. It doesn't have to be, I don't have to go win Grammys and make albums and do things. I mean, yes. Which those are all beautiful purposes, but my dog and my breath and my, my joy, my, my sense of being can just be, I can just be as my purpose. Mm. It's not what, it's how. Mm. So you could, to me, you could win a Grammy and hate your guts. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are people who do it. Hate your own guts, right? Judge it, say, oh my God, the the song was absolutely terrible. And I know that, (laughs) you know, and just, just hate the process, hate yourself, hate life while you're winning a Grammy. Or you could win a Grammy and love yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be up on stage about to say your speech and and say, I love you so much. Thank you for who you are to yourself, right? So it's not the what that we're doing, petting your dog. It's how do we want to be in this life? Mm. This is precious. (laughs) Let's not spend it being so, you know, hateful to ourselves. I love that. Thank you for that reminder. Trauma. Boy, we all have, I don't know about all. Um, a lot of us have a lot of it, don't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and to me, a big part of healing it, I think, is realizing it's not your fault. Mm. That's what I carried around for years. And, and I think a lot of people carry around is just feeling like, like real deep down, kind of hidden. You would never say it necessarily, but just really feeling like I, you deserved it. Yeah. For sure. Something that's been really interesting with trauma for me recently is learning it, learning what's there, knowing what exists, but also starting to 
learn and create who I am without it. Mm. To not have to hang on to it as the defining part of my story. Oh, I'm right there with you. And feeling like, it, well, it goes in stages. When I first started healing, mm-hmm. I needed to become a little obsessed with it. And I was like, Completely. let me read every book about <laughs> yeah. trauma and how it works. And, right? totally. and every podcast. And let me you know, talk about it and stuff. And then you sort of, I don't know if you found this, but you sort of get to a point where you've healed enough where you start to not needing to transcend it all the time. Mm-hmm. And you can sort of get on with your living your life and again, petting your dog and yes. enjoying winning Grammys and such. <laughs> Completely. Some of us do that. Yes, yes. <laughs> Last one, freedom. I know we've hit on this a bit, but I just love for you to express yeah. a little bit more what that means to you. To me, freedom is enthusiastic, strong, ever-present self-compassion. Beautiful. That's that's what makes you free. Oh, I love that. Um, how would we phrase it? You know you have your own back. Yes. To put it colloquially. Absolutely. I always ask, I'm a huge music lover, obviously, and I'm always I interested. I know. I'm always interested. You think in I haven't I'm, heard episodes. <laughs> oh, very good. Thank you. Thank the you. Show. Yeah, I would love to know what your holy five are. Share, please. Um, I'm weird. So that's your caveat in the beginning. Okay. But I'm going to go absolute like deep cuts. So cool. Number five is uh, Bette Midler singing In the Mood. Uh-huh. Which was nice. on her self titled uh, album. And I just love it. That song helped me survive. I would go in the barn and and just pretend like I was as cool as her and just (laughs) sing my, sing my heart out. I love it. On the farm. And that's number five. Number four would be from a movie called Victor Victoria. Mm -hmm. There's a song called Le Jazz Hot. Mm. Julie Andrews sings it. And in the movie, if anybody knows it, she is a woman, an opera singer, who can't get a job as an opera singer, so gets a job as a drag queen. She <laughs> pretends to be a man who then goes and gets a job to be a drag queen. Oh, baby, won't you play me the jazz hot maybe? And there's like oh, all wow. this fun gender play and beauty and stuff like that. So another person I really admired when I was a kid was B. Arthur. And I would watch the Golden Girls and B. Arthur mm-hmm. was a very strong woman and embodied a lot of masculinity. And I was really inspired by her kind of non-binary nature. And anyway, she put out an album and she did a song called Pirate Jenny, which is a Kurt Vile song from the 30s. Oh, cool. And it's about a woman who, it's from Three Penny Opera, and it's about a woman who becomes a pirate queen. Everyone looks down on her, and she ends up becoming this leader of the pirates. Then that night, there's a bang in the night, and you yell, who's that kicking up a row? And you see I love it. So if anyone's psychoanalyzing my childhood, here we go. You're getting all, you're getting all of it today. It all comes out through music, I have to say. It does. 
It absolutely does. And so to round out these, number two is a song called I Only Know What's the Best Thing for You. And that is an Irving Berlin song Mm. from a musical called Call Me Madam. Ethel Merman was in it. And if you know Mm -hmm. anything about Ethel Merman, she sings loud. Her voice is awesome. Her voice is awesome, and it is incredibly loud, and she always sings at that same loudness, mm-hmm. except this one song. You could barely hear her, and there's a movie. You can't really get the movie, but it's on YouTube. You can just look it up. Okay. It's not on any of the streamers, but the full thing is on YouTube just sitting there. Very cool. She sings so soft and so tender, which she never did, so it just mm-hmm. breaks your heart because it's so intimate. And then number one is the song I wrote for my own wedding. Oh, wow. At the risk of being completely full of myself, which I am completely full of myself. (laughs) I I wrote a song called My Heart is With You for my partner, Jeff. That's so beautiful. It's one of my favorites and I've posted about it. And there you are. Would would you be? Would you hate me if you want I to hear asked the chorus? You, yes, yes, please. <laughs> I love you. You want me to sing? Yes. <laughs> um, the chorus goes: My heart is with you in all that you do. My heart is with you in the big and small times. My heart is with you. It's always been true, you're dancing. My heart is with you for now and all time. Oh, I love it. You have such a beautiful voice. Ah, uh, thank you. I mean, I write songs kind of like Mr. Rogers did, right? I just I just want to uh, pour my heart out. And I love that. Cute. I wrote a I wrote a song for my husband too for our our wedding and um yeah so that's I don't know the story. Yeah, no. Are you going to sing for me? What's the Oh course? my gosh. <clears throat> How's that go? Uh <laughs> me me me. Mm-mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Love doesn't ask if you want to fall. It doesn't make any sense at all. Makes you see what you never saw. How much a heart can hold. It's called How Much a Heart Can Hold. So, Aww. Yeah. I love that we just shared those beautiful songs that we wrote Thank for our you. lovers. <laughs> now, there goes my mascara down my face. Hello. <laughs> oh, I so adore you. Thank you for sharing who you are. And you're just so beautiful. You're just How? so beautiful completely magical. I mean, I I feel lucky to be, you know, people like me, they're 10, 20, 30 years ago, we wouldn't be part of the, we wouldn't be included, right? We were shunned and, and including someone like me is very important. And it says something about you that you did it. Oh my God, you're always okay. included. You're always included in my world, <laughs> in, in the world, in my, from my perspective, you are, you're such but a But in addition to being. that, thank you for being magical yourself and thank you. sharing your heart. 
Thank you. I hope we get to meet soon. I would love to yeah, actually see you face to face. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Yes. Bye. Mwah. Yay. And that, my friends, brings this very special episode of Holy Human to a close. I hope you have enjoyed your time with Jeffrey as much as I did. And please let me know your thoughts in the comments wherever you're listening. And share this with anyone who could use a little more self-love and acceptance in their lives too. On our next Holy Human, I'll be joined by one of the world's leading experts on optimizing human performance. Best-selling author Stephen Kotler will be with me to share the surprising science behind finding your own personal flow and potential. It was a truly fascinating conversation. I cannot wait for you all to hear it. So I'll see you then. Or I'll hear, you'll hear me then? I'm, I don't know. But I'll, we'll feel each other then. <laughs> Holy Human with me, Leanne Rhymes, is a production of iHeartRadio. You'll find Holy Human with Leanne Rhymes on the iHeart app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get the podcasts that matter most to you. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.